Hey guys, I'm Ahmed El Yakbar, and this is See Something, Say Something, the BuzzFeed show where we drink jai, tell stories, and talk about being Muslim in America. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about something that has kind of been blowing up my timeline recently, which is Master of None Season 2. Disclaimer before we start, um, I'm going to be joined by two critics and we're going to really dig into Master of None and its strengths and weaknesses and uh, it might sound like criticism but it's like also us just trying to analyze like what it all means because it takes on a lot of issues um, and you know it has some successes and it has some things that you know don't it doesn't fully realize and that's okay and um Aziz, we are still cool with you and we want to show. Specifically for this episode, um, we're going to be talking about uh, Season 2, Episode 3. Um, a lot of people reached out to me over the weekend asking me what my opinion was and giving me their opinions before I saw it. And I talked it over with a lot of people at the office. So we're going to talk to um, two people from BuzzFeed who you know well, Bim and Abid, about that episode. And there's a warning. If you haven't seen the episode, there's going to be heavy spoilers for Episode 3 and... We'll probably talk about other episodes, so the, there'll be light spoilers, but we'll try to keep it like relatively light. If you haven't seen it yet and you really don't like knowing anything about a show, then you should probably wait until you've finished um, the season. So, I'm joined by Bim Adewanmi, hey. who's like a senior culture writer at BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And also... Did you forget my name? <laughs> no, no, no. I was trying to figure out how, how, how many of my inside jokes about the things that I call you in my head. Like my <laughs> I was like, big you sister or auntie. Do right. I, do, N- name them all. Uh, big sister, Bim, auntie, Bim, all that, you know. Uh, <laughs> my life's work. I just wanted to be an auntie. That's all I want. I'm also joined by Abid Anwar, who is senior social media editor at BuzzFeed. And uh, on Twitter, he's sort of like an amateur film critic. Slash hater. Slash hater. Slash hater. Uh, by the way, I just want to say, I'm going to Whole Foods. Want me to pick you up anything? <laughs> uh, I don't understand how that's a cute line. I don't it's understand so that. cute. <laughs> you think so? Yes. Okay. I okay. saw that and I was like, oh, that would work on me, you know? Really? Yeah. That yeah. tells you how the, little I've been Whole Foods, like, I'm Whole Foods? I'm super corny fam. Maybe Trader Joe's. I don't know about Whole Foods. All like, of it. Trader Joe's, I think, <laughs> is Trader like... Joe, yeah, no, yeah. Trader Joe's is obvious. Like, that's obviously yeah. where someone like me would shop. But Whole Foods is kind of like, you know, it's that Quinta uh, video. Oh, he got money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And that's like, uh, if you haven't seen it yet. uh, Oh, sorry. That's the line that uh, Aziz Ansari's character, Dev, uses on like all the dating apps to everyone. (laughs) To Um, everyone. So so let's talk about Master of None first, Mm -hmm. just like what it is and what it like means and why we're talking about it in the first place. Sure. It's season two of a 10, like each season has been 10 episodes and it's basically follows Aziz Ansari as Dev, who's like sort of like an analog for Aziz Ansari. Um, He lives in New York like Aziz does. He like likes to wear suits like Aziz does. Um, And he likes to date. Like Aziz does. <laughs> what do you think was like influential about season one? Bim, you've written about season one, actually. I have. I have written about season one. I 
I'll tell you why I like Master of None, which is which I think is actually quite similar to why other people like it, is that it is a charming film. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even a film. It feels filmic, but it is a charming series. It, it's... I mean, I think you'll find with season two that it's even more like an anthology than the first season was. Right. But I really like the fact that it's telling very, very little stories, like low stakes. This is yeah. not kind of like life or death. It's not 24. There's not a countdown. There's not like this massive clock hanging over. It's basically day-to-day life, which is essentially the kinds of stories that television has been telling for a very long time, but for white people. Right. Um, and this is just one of those shows where it's the same stories except not the same stories by virtue of who is the star of the story. So I really like the idea of him telling these particular stories. Um, And sometimes they're quite mundane, but that's part of its charm for me. Like, it's not necessarily... I never feel as though, you know, the fate of the world kind of rests in Dev's hands. And if it did, God help us all. But I just really... (laughs) He's highly incompetent. He's highly incompetent. I don't know if Aziz Ansari wants us, like, meant to make it seem like he's incompetent. I think so. I think he did, I think that's why it's called Master of None, right? Like, he's figuring shit out. And I think that's something that I find particularly attractive on a TV show, specifically if it has a brown dude in the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, navigating his career, he's navigating his relationships. And importantly, I think also the thing that gave it a lot of press in season one was that it was navigating his relationship to his immigrant parents. Yes. And his immigrant parents are played by his actual parents. Yes. And they are terrible actors, and I love them for it. Me too. (laughs) I think in the context of the show, they're probably not terrible actors because everyone on the show is almost a terrible actor. That's true. So it's like when you you see them... They're a little (laughs) stiff. Yeah, Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little stiff. I'll be more generous. It's weird. Whenever they're with... Like real well trained actors, it the the balance is so off. Oh, I'm just like, gosh. what the hell is going on here? Because I remember, I mean, I, like I don't want to spoil it, but like the scene with that, like the episode of Angela Bassett, for example. Oh, I'm like, oh god. my god, like, you can't put like a really good act like actress you with can't. somebody. You can't. They were like in two different movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. there was there was Kim Whitley and Angela Bassett, these veteran black woman performers, and then they were. The others. And I was like, oh, one of you is trained. (laughs) One of you is far more experienced. And it was so obvious. And it, yeah, it's jarring when you see it. But in the context of the show at large, I'm like, everyone's equally terrible. This is great. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that that's like a a decent, he's fine. He's good. He has good timing, which is important. Which is the most important thing. I love how little the mom gives a shit. (laughs) She literally (laughs) just like reads the lines and does not change her facial expression. She comes to the set and she's like, where are my fucking lines? And she says them and she just fucking walks up. And I'm like, yes, auntie, live your life. She's like, where's my chai? (laughs) They said there would be chai. She doesn't give any shit. She's like, yeah, what? Yeah. You wanted me on the show. You're going to take it how you get it, fam. I love that. I wonder how much of it is scripted and how much he lets them just, like, improvise. I almost think that letting people who aren't well-trained actors, like, improvise might almost have a better effect than just, like, being like, here, you should say this line and, and act it in a way where I would want you to act it, you know? What I did yeah. find interesting in season in episode three, which is, you know, the episode called Religion, which is what we're going to talk about a lot today, I thought the bit that felt the most natural to me was when Dev's mom punched him or pinched him yes, and yes. I was like that is so what a parent would do and yeah. she looked so fluid like you can tell she has punched or or, or like pinched Aziz's arm before in yeah. her life Yeah, it's, I thought that was wonderful that was really that was for me the most natural part of Mrs. Ansari's <laughs> acting yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the whole episode revolves around Dev's family members who are more religious from out of town um, visiting and Dev's parents like forcing him to pretend to be more religious. Um, and then he kind of finds out that uh, actually the cousin, his cousin Naveed, um, is like a little more ambiguous about his relationship. Thanks for convincing me not to fast today. 
All right, so be honest. How religious are you? You really go to prayer and stuff? I do the Friday prayer here and there. I believe in God. I do parts of Islam. I give to charity. I try not to be too materialistic, but there's definitely parts I just can't keep up with. Like what? You gotta swear you won't tell anyone. I started drinking. What? And basically together, like, he you? gives um, Naveed really. his first pork sandwich. Oh my God, this is so good. Right? They decide to like skip Eid prayer to go to a barbecue festival um, and eat a bunch of pork there. Let's just say we got food poisoning and then we'll do prayer from home. How we both get food poisoning? We're hanging out tonight. We can just say we got halal cart and then we both got sick. Ooh, that's good. Later on, they're at dinner and Dev decides that he actually wants to eat, order pork. And his fa- family obviously is very embarrassed by this. They have like a fight about it afterwards. Um, so his mom won't talk to him for about two weeks. So his dad comes over and like explains why. He's, they're upset. You see, our parents raised us to be a good Muslim. When you went out to school, we gave you a Quran. I don't think you ever read it. When you act like this, we feel like we failed you. You know that's not true. Look, man, you can drink, you can eat pork, you can smoke Mary Jane. That's your business. But when you do it in front of mom... It hurts her feelings. And so later on, Dev like pulls out the Quran and finally reads this ayah, Lukum di Nukum which means to me your religion and to you yours, which is like a really famous ayah. Starts texting his mom and they sort of like make up. Um, it ends with like a clip of Dev drinking at a bar with his friends and then his dad and mom at the mosque like hang out with their friends and that's their two communities. So what did you guys like about this episode? I... I'm going to preface this by saying I didn't hate the episode. I Uh saw some commentary online and had a couple of WhatsApp conversations with, like, friends. And no one was kind of, like, super hurt or, like, super angry or offended. But everyone felt, "Ah, he could have done a bit better. He could have done this, that, and the other. Everyone had their different opinions. I liked the episode just fine. I thought it settled in the, in terms of, like, the 10 season, the 10 episode season is completely in, in keeping with that. What I liked especially was just personal, which is to say the idea of Muslims who are probably, you know, first or second generation and, you know, have various caveats on yeah. their on their Muslimness. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I, you don't often see that. You know, we've spoken before on this show, I think, of, you know, the Muslims that we see on television um, who are always praying or with an AK-47. Yeah. And it's like... You know, there are so many shades between. Right, right. <laughs> like, can we, can we have some of that? So that for me was nice to see in whatever. Yeah. So that's what and I liked I, about it. I don't it. think I've ever actually seen this specific story of like somebody no. deciding to eat pork in front of their parents, which right. is a real thing, or, or drink in front of their parents. Right, 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 right. So that's, I, I like the fact that, I suppose you could say that I like the fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that it was 100% perfect? No. But I do think I'm glad it exists. And it's, it's, it's a conversation that I know that I've had with other Muslims and something I've written about as well, you know, that I wrote a post several years ago about having, you know, various kind of like malleable lines about what is permissible and what is not. And, you know, it's one of those things that I know, for example, there are some things that Dev did in this episode that I just would never do. Yeah. However open I am about being kind of like very selective of the bits of Islam that I'm cool with. Yeah. Um, But I also thought it's out there. 
And that's and it's it's, it's real. Okay. It's real. It, it is real. I know plenty of people who have had that exact right. same yeah. tension. Right. And I and I liked and to it could have been it. more disrespectful. Of it could have been. But by it, a lot. Oh, it could have been. Yeah. It could have been. But I still felt. Uh, we'll come to this, of course, in the, in that segment. But I also felt that it wasn't necessarily a, a, an accurate or plausible. Rather, it may well be accurate to Aziz's character, yeah. um, Aziz as a person. But it felt to me that it wasn't plausible. And that, for me, was what kind of pulled me out of the episode. So I think one thing that a lot of people expressed disappointment to me about this episode was that, you know, the character was just somebody who has, like, a strictly negative relationship to their religion. Like, they don't feel like they're Muslim at all or anything close to being Muslim. Like, they don't identify with any of it, really. Um, and that's real and that happens to people. But I think the thing is like the way Muslims are portrayed on TV, there's like three ways of doing it. It's like you're either um, that, you're just like not Muslim at all, you identify such. You're like Muslim in name only, but in every other way, you're basically just like Joe Schmo. Or you're like a super ridiculously re- religious Muslim who expresses and wears like you know, the hat and everything. Um, and for most of us, we're like sort of in the middle. Like we're not great Muslims and we want to be better maybe. And there's like some complex feelings towards our religion beyond just like, I'm not Muslim. And people, I, th- I know a lot of people felt like they wanted to see that in that episode and they didn't see it. It's funny because I thought the best parts of the show were like the funniest parts of the, the episode specifically were like when he was, ma- you know, telling Navid <laughs> to be a model. Navid, you have good hair. You can do some commercial for shampoo. What the poses look like for that? For a sexy hair like this? Wow, Navey, do you want to try it one time? We'll save it for the shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. swear to God, there's an uncle at the mosque who every time I go, when I was a teenager, when I first like like got tall, you know, he was like, "You're looking good, Amit. You should be a model." I swear to God, that exact conversation you do, happened. You do me. have good hair. I will say that. You, you have, have great hair. hair. You yeah. have excellent you, hair. You, have, you should like do a little, head, you know, head and shoulders, like flip, <laughs> whatever. I don't work out. I've always been a little chubby, so I don't know what he's. Anyhow, sorry. Uh, you were yeah. Curious. So I mean, and I did like the end montage. It was kind of sweet. It was nice um one of the things that Aziz is better at which is like kind of yes. creating a mood yeah kind of sometimes yeah. setting a mood and other times and uh like you know when he talks about food and stuff in general like i think that's where the show is, is at his best or like the yeah. biggest yes. where he's like doing things around food because you could really tell his passion about food yeah uh but like when he's talking about things that are just like you know again like race religion sex yeah. everything it's it's, it's kind of like where he drops like he's not at his strength because it's like you, you you know he has these ideas, but they're kind of basic, and it's like I, yeah. I would rather he just explore it in his own way of like just showing things versus like having these like really awkward conversations that people don't really have in real life. Where it's yeah. like, do you think this yeah. is happening? And it but lets I you think... sit with the discomfort as opposed to like letting the audience know what his perspective actually right, is. Right, right. And I think that's the thing. So for me, the conversation that he has with his friend uh, Tamvi about going to and she talks about going to temple. I've had that conversation before. And this is for me where the problem of acting ability kind of pulls you out of it because that conversation verbatim in the hands of better actors would have flowed so much better. Is your family religious, super into Hindu stuff? They're not super religious, but they did make me go to temple as a kid. I'd be decked out in a Sean John Valor suit like, <laughs> they make you go to mosque as a kid? Yeah, we'd go for the big holidays. I remember when my mom took me for the first time, I thought I was going to see that Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. Then we end up at the mosque. Not exactly the same. 
Look, they're still doing it. My mom wants me to go to this Eid prayer this weekend. Can I bail? Dude, just go. Why? Because you gotta compromise. I mean, just throw them a bone every now and then. I've had that conversation yeah. where it's kind of like the path of least resistance is to do what your religious parent wants. It's no skin off your nose and just, you know, and that to me felt very, very understandable. But because of the way it was delivered, I was like, eh, this, uh, the meat of this is being lost because mm. I'm too busy looking at your jerky acting. But I still think that you're right. Some of it can be quite basic. It actually mm. felt more real to me than some other it parts. Did, no, well, I actually no, like that conversation. Well, well, I really like the conversation I too. I but the, I but I still felt it was kind of. I really like the conversation. That's what I mean. Like yeah. the content was spot on because yeah. I've had this conversation. And even in terms of like hypothetical things, like let me make it clear, I am not seeing anyone. I'm not engaged. And my mum was talking about my <laughs> wedding. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. And she was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> my mom has my mom has a mosque in mind for where I'm going to get married. And I'm like, fam, I don't even know. And I just, <laughs> that is that yeah, so like mom. she has plans. And I, I, I so that that to me felt very, very real. And I really liked it. So for me, one of the things that kind of really irritated me was that not only were they going to miss the Eid prayer, but they were going to go to a fucking pork barbecue food yeah. festival. And I was like, okay, there's on the nose, and then there's rubbing my nose like <laughs> like it was. Yeah. So I was like, really, we're going to set this thing up as you know, boring Eid prayer versus fun pork festival. And I was like, ugh, come on, like this is so it's so basic. Don't do that. And you could have done something else. And they didn't explore the like the like why Eid prayer was important until that very end montage, which right. felt like a little too late, especially yeah. because like one of my issues with it, the two one of the two issues that I was gonna say was um I feel like there's no way Navid would go from zero to pork in one conversation. Um like I know people who drink. I know people who drink and eat pork who are Muslim, of course. Um, and I think I know a lot more people who drink than people who eat pork because eating pork is like really, it's so much easier to avoid in society, I feel like, than drinking because drinking is like a whole other thing compared to eating pork. Like it's a whole new experience. And Naveed says like there's some things I can't keep up with, like not like I like I started drinking. Um and but he has all this other stuff like you know I believe in God and stuff and I feel like people who who express that it would take more than one conversation with your cousin to be like all right I'm down to eat pork and I'm down to to miss Eid prayers and I'm down to lie to my parents about this other new thing like it requires a lot more thought than I think the show depicted right uh-huh. Dev I make I can totally understand Dev being sure. like I'm not gonna go like right. I have no connection to that but Navid clearly. Has, has some connection right, and would right. feel some level of guilt that was not... not... Not even just guilt. There'd be hesitation on a real massive scale. Like, yeah. like that was the line that really kind of kind of made me go, huh? When he goes, thanks for convincing me not to fast today. And I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah. wait. Uh, I, I think one of the, the issues with that is because it's a 30-minute show. I think yeah, he sure. feels like he has for to... Sure. For and, sure. And, and, every, and every episode, is, it's not serialized. Every episode's its own kind of entity. Right, you know, right. It's its own, like, his idea of, like, oh, I watched this thing, so I'm going recre- to try to recreate this in my right. own my own head and yeah. right. structure the episode around this, like, specific format. Yeah. So he's probably like, okay, I have to get this done in, right. in 30 minutes. But at the same time, it's like... He he tells a lot, but he's not great at showing. So it's like yes. he's, he's like every every time he's like, I'm trying to make a point. It's like I'm like, you could do that with just like some visuals or something else. Yeah, versus something like delicate. Explaining it in like this yeah. really like awkward conversation where it's like you're like you you say something, mm-hmm. I'm going to respond to it. Like you know that conversation at the end with his parents where not the end right like the last conversation, but the one before where he's like. Oh, airport this, and you know, he said, uh, he said, like he something says, about women. What about the stuff like, with women, and yeah, what about yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah, I could yeah, stop yeah, the yeah. airport? Religion vague is... as fuck, and yeah. just like odd. Like it was ba- for me, that felt like the 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 worst writing of the episode because 
I fully understood what he was saying. And yet it was conveyed in a way that made me, A, irritated, and then B, just kind of like, huh? And th- that's even with the understanding of the limitations of the format. For me, I think about, for example, the episode from season one, which was Mornings, um, which was the one where it kind of goes over the course of a relationship and him and Rachel from season one kind of living together. And that to me was, so much of that was kind of, wonderful showing Mm -hmm. where you got like a real feeling of depth and Mm -hmm. it wasn't even telling you that much but you got it and that's what I mean about him being able sometimes to kind of create a perfect mood yeah and then the words kind of are wonderful additions and this felt like too wordy and not enough of the feeling of it so I never I never believed the conversation that he had with his mum where he texted her. I mean, of course, he went to Sir Al Kafarun, obviously. And I was like, oh, mate. But, 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 I also thought that conversation with his mum, where you can joke about stuff and you can still realize, you know, your, your mum can still worry about your, your soul yeah. and still also kind of be like, well, you're my son, fam. What am I going to do? Not love you or whatever. So I think that was that, that to me felt very real. My mum, for example, when I moved <laughs> to New York, <laughs> so I had some of my stuff shipped over after I got here and my mom kind of did the double packing back home and I'd packed my bags, I, the things I wanted to come, you know, some books, some shoes, some clothes. And then when I opened up my, when I opened up one of the bags inside, my mom had put a prayer book. <laughs> <laughs> Snuck it in there, contraband. <laughs> it was just, it made me laugh so hard because I was like, ma, like she'd added things like, she, you know, classic moms, she'd put like socks and like underwear and then also a Muslim prayer book. You know, that, that felt very, very real. One of the things I'll, I'll stop very soon, but the thing that I wanted to kind of point out. <laughs> don't ever I, stop. We just don't have uh, enough time. I know, sorry. <laughs> one of the things that really, really irritated me was the lack of believability in the scene where he's at dinner with auntie and uncle and his cousin Naveed and his parents and he says actually I do and eats the pork that felt so untrue to me because it's fine if you eat pork and you swear and you drink and you do all that stuff and your parents know it even if they never say explicitly that they know that for you to say that in front of your parents friends and to give lie, immediate lie to what they've said about how religious you are, how good you yeah. are, how this, that to me felt so untrue. And I kept thinking, no matter how, if you don't understand the social norms of your parents' generation, fine. But the one thing you do know, especially in many black and brown communities, is the idea of shame, <laughs> to use the broad term, of just kind of like, I, my parents might know that I'm less than stellar when it comes to my Islamic practice. But if they've said that I'm this amazing prayer warrior and I kind of go, actually, I'm not that religious. I eat pork. La, la, la. <laughs> like it would that to me felt like such a misstep in the telling of this particular story. Yeah. You just wouldn't even Dev, even Dev, the most selfish, the most I, self-obsessed guy. He would not say, well, I, I do. I think he would do I it in front of would. his parents. He would do it in front of his parents, but not in front of his parents' friends. I, that to me was a problem. I think he would do something like that. And at the same time, it's like I... I that's like one of the things I'm I'm okay with him doing mainly because like he's trying to fit like the story. He's he I think he was just like doing it for shock value and like you kind of do something and you're I like I would never. So I maybe that's yeah, why yeah, I'm, maybe, like, maybe I'm projecting myself. That's the in that situation I, just, I feel like this like we're projecting like yeah, oh, of course I we are. This, all of us he, are. He would I feel like oh, and, and more so because it felt untrue to me of it. It did. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I, <laughs> maybe but like I he has told some story where he has ordered pork in front of his parents. Right. That's why, right. And, and that's what I mean. I think the doing it in front of your parents is not my issue. It's doing it in front of your parents who have been consistently lying about how pious and like religious you are. 
there is an element of projection that's inevitable but also i just kept thinking yeah but no which is maybe my issue but that's something that when i spoke to other muslims you know over the weekend it was kind of like yeah that scene didn't sit right with me in terms of it being true not that this isn't what i would do it just feels as though it was so out of place Mm -hmm. but again and i fully cop to this you have what half an hour you've got to chuck in all the elements i get that like obviously he likes telling this very exaggerated story of of whatever his life even his like ideas of romance and everything everything's grand and crazy yeah. and like it's one of the things I was like you know he, he's he, this whole season he's like constantly like shoving down your throats it's like oh I've watched all these Italian films I know, right? from like you know whatever and I'm like <laughs> I wish one of the things you took from the film was like not just like here's a pretty shot like but like I wish it was more so like those movies are so well regarded because they tell stories where it's like you can just look at the shot and, and take right. a lot from it. And his idea is like, oh, I, oh this is pretty. I'm going to base my story off of this versus like being how to like write something and then decide like this is how the directing is going to like, you know, show it and everything. But in general, like he's an asshole. And I think it, like the show. <laughs> in summary. Wow. I'm talking about Z's. I'm talking about Dev. Like yeah. Dev, the no, Dev, Dev, is, Dev, yeah. Dev is definitely yeah. an asshole. Dev's, Dev's an asshole, right? So I suppose being an asshole, you would do that. You would do something like that. Yeah, you're right. It's not even you're that. Right. He, it's not even that. He, like I feel like almost in every episode, his thing is like he'll react in a way where it's like he he just reacts like mm-hmm. very desperately. Even like the episode before, he's like texting. Oh, he's ex Rachel. Rachel, Rachel, right? He's he's yeah. te- you know he's texting Rachel all of a sudden. He's like, I don't think we should be doing this. Despite him doing yeah. his best to like lead her on and do yeah. exactly what the advice his friend gave, and then he's like, No, I don't think. <gasps> should. Fucking dev man. It, and it's weird, and like in this weird way, it's like a lot of. People are like, oh, he does it on purpose. And I think with his parents, he does. He's okay with being coming off as an asshole because, like, his parents can kind of moralize him in a way mm. or make him seem better or empathetic uh, by giving that relationship. Whereas, like, with his other relationships, it, it does feel like he kind of misses the ball. And, like, even Tanvi, where it's like every time she's on screen, it's like basically so she can give him some kind of stage advice yeah but i love when she kind of pushes back on that she kind of goes oh we can talk about your thing but we can't you can't follow me to go buy a vacuum and i was like okay thanks for acknowledging that so that's the thing between dev and aziz i think to myself he gets it even when he doesn't get it and vice versa like even when he doesn't get it he gets it so i feel like dev knows he is an arsehole i think he knows that and yet he can't find his way out of being this asshole mm. and that's fair because that's a lot of us like you know that great line from the simpsons where homer goes oh excuse me for having flaws that i don't work on and i feel like that's <laughs> that's all of us i have several flaws so i i like dev even as i hate him the season as a whole as i said i think is actually an interesting study of an idiot trying to be less idiotic and yet somehow still managing to fail. But yeah. at least he's out there. You know, he's trying, even when he's not trying. Yeah. And, well, and also there's that element that, like, I feel like he's put a lot of different issues on Dev's back, Aziz has. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, like, a lot of different things. Which that, I don't think he should. Which is a lot like, for it, a one yeah, character. He's not, he's not great Gender, at it. race. He's, he's, not, not, great he's at not great it, at it. But and he's, it's like, why... I get it. I get it. You feel like... I he's feel the like, only one. In so, and this, this I is, get it. And that's part of the problem. Right. The thing is, we critique... And we criticize, actually, well, not critique, we criticize people of color who are also these TV showrunners and creators because at the back of our minds, even though we know they are the only one, we want them to tell all the stories that's exactly and right. tell them all right, but really that, well. But that's not anyone's fault. That's our fault no, for projecting constantly. He clearly feels that pressure because he yeah. included he included um, queer stories. He included... Um, ish, immigrant stories. Immigrant stories. He included a story about a deaf couple. He yeah. included being women, like right. women. Like he, 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 so he, I feel like 
he read every single piece that came out after season one and was like, right, let's do this. And it became like an action. I actual, can do it all. Right, <laughs> I'm it, the wokest bay. Exactly. <laughs> right. And he's like, and it, that's difficult because no one can do that. Yeah. Having said that, I will say this. I was delighted at the inclusion of a visibly disabled person yeah. in, 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 in one of the episodes. I was delighted at the, um, the, the episode with the Death Castle that had, which is New York, That's, I Love that You. That was the same episode, I think. I Love yeah, You, New York. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was, where they had, it was a coalition of, of African nations yeah. that all lived in this house. And I felt, I've never seen on television in a, a non... Right, oh. right, right, right. And this idea of seeing these kinds of, you know, the workers, the drivers of the economy in New York, essentially. And we never see that unless it's in a story a grim story about immigration human trafficking right and here they were just kind of like eating fucking fries in bed and all that stuff and i was like okay this is that to me felt really really good and again a glimpse often not always but it's sometimes enough just like this idea these people exist and there's a great line that one again spoiler alert there's a great line when you know the cat one of the cab drivers is in his car and in the back seat he takes two young women and they begin talking about the film and they spoil it. And he's on the phone to his friend and he goes, oh, cab drivers like watch movies too. We don't like spoilers. Yeah. And I kept thinking, God, that's such a small thing that you would never think of. And it's yeah. wonderful to see that. He and Alan Yang, between them, have so many things they want to cover that inevitably some stuff kind of falls off. So the one thing that I, I want to talk about that hasn't come up yet, which is more specifically something that I get a lot of, I've gotten a lot of emails about this uh, episode about, was that a, a significant number of people still feel connected to their Muslim identity, but struggle with it. Naveed was almost there, you know, with that, <laughs> like, I was like kind of excited when he said all that stuff. And then he basically became Aziz 2.0. I, that's one identity I feel like he didn't explore. He sort of explored, like, Denise uh, is religious, and they show the importance of that in, like, bonding, like, on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And there's even this line where Dev talks to her, and he's like, he's like, are you religious? And she's like, you know I go to church sometimes. You've known me since I was a kid. And he was like, yeah, you do do that. Which goes to show you there was a blank spot there. Yeah. And that's one thing I feel like he really didn't address. Yeah. It's like, that's an important thing as yeah, well. Yeah, but again, half an hour. Half an hour. <laughs> I don't think any single person should have that responsibility especially like trying to make your own show mm, and and preach. because and because he's I, like i think i would say he's like not super great at it right so it's like <laughs> i i think i think master of none could be a much better show if he's like i don't i don't feel like i have to do all these things and let me just tell the story of like this guy who's i don't know trying to find like the love of his life or whatever i God, I don't know. He wants to meet someone, some exotic <laughs> white woman. I don't even know. <laughs> like, whatever. It's like wow. he's trying to do. But, like, when he's passionate about something, it's better, right? Like, food yeah. scenes. Those things are, you could tell he puts a lot of thought into how he's going to, mm, yeah. like, talk about food and how he's going to shoot the food and yeah. all that. You know, like, the pasta making scene. That's probably one of, like, the more... It's beautiful. I really longer, love that. Longer, like, yeah, focused so things on the show, right? Versus, yeah. he's not, like, much of a long take person, but, like, outside of that three-minute cab shot, but, like, that's, you, that's yeah, one, that, right? That cab shot, can I just say, I found myself surprisingly moved by it. It just went on and on. And there are times that I have not exactly similar situations, but when someone is no longer with you and you're kind of, like, sitting with your thoughts. Uh-huh. And the, the range and your feelings. of your feelings, right? And you're thinking, how am I going to eat these feelings when I get in? And I just, I thought that was such a wonderful shot of just kind of like, not necessarily because it was stunning to look at, but just this idea of your face moving through the, it was like, you know, it was like phases of the moon. You're just kind of like, wow, like I'm just, you're sitting there stewing in these things unsaid. And, mm. you know, I, I thought that was really lovely. And like you said, when he's doing the food stuff, it's untouchable. Even when he's doing elements of like modern romance, I really, really well, love 
love. He sees he he sees himself as like the modern romantic. You know, right, that's his right. idea of it. That's how that's yeah. I think that's something he feels comfortable projecting. Yes. Like everything else that's you know involved, it's like some of it works, some of it doesn't. But yeah. and then it just becomes this like sort of sloppy yeah. interpretation of it, where he's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this element of something uh-huh. and talk about this issue, but I'm never gonna explore it to the mm. depth it could be explored. And part of it is he's not as good a storyteller of certain stories, which is on him. And then there's also the expectation, which is on us, which is kind of like tell all the stories and tell all of them 10 out of 10. Go. Yeah. And you can't do that. So it's a bit of both. But part of the problem is, I think, the burden of expectation that this one show on Netflix in 10 episodes, in 10 half hour episodes, except for a couple of longer ones, is going to tell the story of Islam in America, which it cannot do. Right. Um, I, and I will say that I am grateful for the fact that some of it exists. I'll say this too. I'm also grateful I've never, like every time I see an episode about Islam on a TV show, I've never seen an episode where every single person basically in the episode is Muslim and is talking to each other oh, yeah. about it. It's yeah, very, yeah, yeah. that was unusual. Yeah. I never even think of that. And yeah. I think the only person I think was Dunvi in that episode who was yeah. not Muslim. Um, no, but she was Denise, brown, Denise so that helps. What's that? Denise was in it. But yeah, but like, sure. like, yeah, but the, I, ma- but the major player. Everyone was religious yeah, exactly. to a, to an, or had an right. experience of religion to an extent. And it wasn't kind of like, I was an atheist. I was born an atheist. It's kind of like, no, these are all people who were kind of steeped. And in religious it, yeah, practice. I, and then explore the interiority of the religious people mm. and that is like okay and I think for some people it's disappointing to see like yeah. oh why couldn't we just get somebody who's like mm. more like me everyone wants to see themselves but for a lot of people they're like that pork eating person that yeah. doesn't know how to tell their parents that is me yeah. right and and like with this show uh, any show that's kind of similar not to this but like has like a similar like a person of color as a creator right when a lot of pop cultures like writers write about shows like this they either project in their praise or in their critique, right? It's it's very projective, a lot of it. And I think when I critique like Master of None or when I like praise it or whatever, anything, I try to just look at it from a point of like someone making a TV show, right? Uh-huh. So I'm gonna critique the elements of is this good TV or is right. it bad TV, right? Right. Like if if there's like a a good shot, what is it telling me, right? Mm-hmm. If there's dialogue, what is it telling me? And like how's he doing it? Where it's like when when you start reading all these critiques where people are like projecting like their praise onto like oh my god I'm represented or like their critique of you oh my god this is not how I'm I should be represented right then it's like you start getting into this like weird thing of okay so I'm gonna do this the way I think someone wants me to do it but if you don't think like that you're never gonna do a good job of doing right. it right right which is exactly constantly it. what happens and you know mm. I do one thing I think I think the episode was missing that like if you do eat pork for the first time. <laughs> his like Navid's stomach would have been fucked up. I, like, they should have included that element. There is no way that you have not eaten pork for what eighteen to twenty really years. He really should have gotten food poisoning. And he ate that much pork. That guy would have gotten. Po- I eat pork, so I can like he would have gotten food poisoning immediately. So <laughs> the thing is, I, I've heard of, I've heard see, I don't eat pork, yeah. and I will do pretty much everything else. But I'm like mm, pork. Nah, I'm afraid I. Can't. I do not partake of the swine flesh. I'm so sorry. So that's interesting because I did not know that, and now I know. Yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> there was one scene. There's another scene where there's you know uh, he goes on a date and he ends up with this woman and they end up having sex at her apartment and he spots something on her yes. nightstand i don't know if Abid has seen this episode I saw, I saw it. right it's okay yeah, yeah. right it's the same episode where he goes right 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 yeah. and i thought to myself <laughs> say what it is okay so, so is. i feel like so they're, they're in the middle of the act and she says oh grab a condom from that jar and then aziz looks i mean dev looks over and the jar that she's referring to the condom jar is a mammy like, it looks like fucking Aunt Jemima, right? Yeah, yeah it's terrible. And, and he, he kind of... He literally takes the head off. He, yeah, he takes the head off to get to the condoms. and he, But it doesn't stop him. <laughs> like, he's kind of like, oh, we're too far gone, man. And he hands over the condom. <laughs> and then, I don't know if he replaces Aunt Jemima's head or whatever, but 
it's it's right there. And then after afterwards, he's getting dressed and he's leaving, and he goes, "Listen, has anyone said anything about that jar?" And she's like, "No, um, no one. I've had other people here, and you know, she's like, you know, am I the only brown person you brought back? Yeah, you're the f- am I, and I'm the first to say something. Yeah, do you not think there might be something? I guess whatever. And, she, and then she asks him a very pertinent question. So you saw the jar. And you carried on regardless. And he's like, well, yeah. That was funny. I, that was, I, I, I thought that was really that funny. That was funny. But then I saw a couple of critiques of people kind of saying stuff like, well, you know, that's the difference between, you know, men of color who are okay with, you know, white lady racism. And I was like, yeah, but also no. Like, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, all I'm saying is it was jarring. Maybe I would have said, whoa, 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 and walked out. Or maybe... I don't know how close Dev was to like finding happiness in that moment. So he was kind of like, eh, okay, like we're already here. <laughs> I don't know. But I thought that scene in particular just, it oh, it made it me laugh also, so hard. It but it was a, also kind of like, oh my God, that's awkward. It was a good example of like how how there's a vast, there's a large number of people of color who mm. do tolerate white right. racism because they don't want to judge. They don't want to judge. That was actually kind of decent scene about showing. That was, and not, it, it was, like, it was but, it was, but it also made me think as well that I wouldn't say it was an anti-black moment, but I also thought about the ways in which the fact that it was an Aunt Jemima kind of um, jar. I thought to myself, well, Dev is brown, but Dev is not black. Yeah. If it was, had been like uh, like a like a like an Indian colonial like wog stereotype right. or whatever with like right. the turban, right. he probably would have stopped. And, and I kept thinking also if it was Denise who was in that situation and obviously they wouldn't reach for a condom, but if whatever yeah. the fuck, if, if Denise was there and she was saw that, she'd be like, wait a minute. And she might, you know, again, I don't know Denise's sex life that intimately, but I feel as though she'd be like, whoa, hold on. that's a, that's a, So that to me felt like an example of the ways in which somehow there can still be an element of collusion if the the, the subject is black is is black uh rather if, if the issue is racism against black people yeah. that to me felt like a very kind of it was a moment of both acknowledgement of the fact that well sometimes you gotta just take stuff in your stride but also it was kind of like eh, it's not really it's not racism at my people so yeah. i'm just gonna go on with it so there was it was it was double it but then on top of all of that it was also a funny scene and that made me laugh as well because i just kept thinking this is messed up but also i get it even when i think to myself nah i don't get it <laughs> so that was interesting yeah does anyone want to say one nice thing about master <laughs> I can say several nice things about it. I thought this was a sharper season. I thought it was more concise. Even though it was more of an anthology feel, it felt very much like it was a complete series. And I also genuinely loved the... um, I love the love affair that kind of starts at episode one and ends at the 10th episode. I thought that because Aziz is so invested in the idea of love, he spends so much time crafting something. So to me, it felt like... Even though I don't agree with how it ended, I'm trying to be spoiler free here. I think that what happened at the end felt earned. Yeah. And that to me was, you know, like Abid was saying, you want to look at something from the from the scope of is this good television? It felt like great television it did. in parts. And when I saw when I saw Fran- Francesca looking like sort of lustily, mm. you know, thing having that same cab thought mm. at the first episode where she was like. You know, like, I'm going to miss him. I was yeah. like, that romance isn't going to be believable. But it got believable, actually. Right, right. Any final comments, Abid? Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I'm, I probably come off really critical of the show, but I do think, like, he's... <laughs> I tried to get him on the show, guys. No, 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 no I know. He's like, no, I do, I do think he's, like, Aziz is, like, 
he tells a really romantic story of like New York and food, and I think those are like pretty good strengths. Mm-hmm. Like he does, you know, obviously like his idea idea of New York is very much more bougie than mine is or whatever. <laughs> but like he's good at it. Like he's that yeah, yeah. that stuff he's good at. And like he yeah. I forgot, I read this tweet about it. It's saying that he kind of tells the story of like Manhattan in a really good way. And it's it is mostly Manhattan. He he knows what he wants out of New York and how, how he wants to project it. And in that sense he's he's Good at that stuff, and I, I saw this tweet where somebody was saying I, I forgot who the tw- the tweeter was, but they were like, "He should get a food show, and he really should, because he would be mm, excellent yeah. at something like that." Best food friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So the last thing I'll say is like I do like I don't always agree with him, and I think that is so true of all TV and like mm. specifically white TV, and I think right. we've yeah. talked about this right. several times where we give like huge burden of an expectation on our creators and Aziz somewhat to his credit and somewhat to his fault, like, takes that on and mm-hmm. tries to address those things. And I feel like some of the criticisms of, like, what we which we raised, like, whereas, like, somebody who's, like, more grappling with their religious or cultural identity, mm-hmm. like, it's seeded a little bit with, like, the, like, let's go to India and, like, you haven't even mm-hmm. tried explored your own culture yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, mm-hmm. there and it's, like, he's kind of chipping away at it. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's only season two and it feels like a big project for him. Right. And in an ideal world, there's so many non-white people creating shows, like black people creating shows, yeah. Indian people creating shows, yeah. Bengali people creating shows, like Korean people creating shows, that we have a fucking like brown CSI that you can be like, this is like <laughs> right. bullshit TV show that I'm just watching to kill time <gasps> yeah. versus like, oh, I have to consume this thing to get right. whatever right. inkling of need that you have to see somebody that right. even, like I, I don't even think Aziz represents to me in the slightest, but I'm like, okay, I'll watch the show. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, I don't feel like he represents whatever. me either. Yeah, you know what I mean? We, like, no, but he represents elements of you. And this is what like you said we ask right. this of 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 other shows of white dominated shows where we're kind of like I mean, listen. They're not asked to represent anybody this at all. Thing. So one of my favorite sitcoms of all time is Frasier. I have almost nothing <laughs> in common with Frasier. I don't like Sherry. I mean, is <laughs> oh, that the number one Frasier thing? That's the number one thing. I don't have a radio show. My sister and I are absurdly but. close. We're happy to kind of suspend disbelief for other like shows. And then when it's a person of color, we're kind of like, okay, you must get every element of every part of my life exactly right or I will burn you. And I think, again, that's not necessarily our fault. It's the culture at large is lacking. And so you tend to kind of glom on. But I also think for what it is, uh, Master (laughs) of None is actually a good TV show. And that's something not to lose sight of. It's not terrible. It's not even bad. You know, the most middling thing you can say about it is it is middling and that's fine. It's allowed to be. It doesn't have to be the epitome of like, you know, television. We can judge it by its merits and we can critique and criticize without kind of necessarily tearing down Aziz. I feel the same way when I think about the Mindy Project. I think about Mm -hmm. Insecure. These people aren't 100% me. They're not avatars for me, but they help. They capture parts of me that I haven't seen before and I'm happy to see that. But also, I'm judging them on how they stand and how they fall in the realm of television. That is the art form that we are critiquing, or at least I am, in terms of my job. And I have to look at it beyond, oh, it's a brown person, oh, it's a black person. I can look at it and kind of go, here are the elements of television that I want it to succeed in, and where is it failing and where is it succeeding? And Master of None, for the most part, actually succeeds. And now yeah. the fact that it's Got also like a Muslim... It. Right? You know I don't watch that much TV. You don't watch TV. <laughs> and when I think about the fact that he's a Muslim on top of that, then, you know or what? Muslim background. Oh, has right. a Muslim background. <laughs> that helps me kind of just feel a little bit like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. That's an It's an element of stuff. So, in fact, if you, if you think about season, Master of None, what you're looking at is 
this season in particular, it's the, the, the breadth of stories he's decided to tell. And I keep thinking about how many other shows would A, be allowed to and B, would. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done a fair enough job of covering so much ground in an unwinnable war, essentially. Like, it's yeah. there's so much to he do. He did cover a lot of ground. He did, yeah. you know, to his detriment, but also to his, you know, massive success. So I feel like we can be even-handed about it and say these are good parts, these are bad parts, and that is not necessarily consigning it to the bin or elevating it to, like, the highest kind of throne in the land as well, and that's fine. All right. So I could literally talk about this for probably another hour with you guys, <laughs> but we should probably stop so that we have an episode that sure. is not <laughs> just <rambles>. three hours. <laughs> um, so, uh, Bim, where can people find you on the Internet? As usual, at BuzzFeed.com, the website. And on-, and on Twitter. But, you know, don't don't do that. <laughs> How about you, Albert? You ask me this every fucking time. And I tell you, that. I you should not follow me on Twitter, but if you find your way, welcome. But if you like, don't look for me. Okay. <laughs> Thank wow. you. Don't I look don't. for me. All right, Steve Harvey. Do not approach <laughs> me. No, I'm kidding. I just I I, I, do I not tweet, knock on my door. <laughs> I tweet about too many dumb things for people to to take this episode seriously <laughs> if they if they ever read it. So. Fair enough. <laughs> I love your Twitter for sure. Same. I'm a fanboy. <laughs> This episode was produced by Eleanor Kagan, Megan Dietrich, and Meg Kramer. Additional support from Thabir Akhtar, Zanab Shah, and the Pod Squad. Our music is by the Kaminas. Find them at kaminas.bandcamp.com. You can find me on Twitter or on Tumblr at radbrowndads. Find my writing at buzzfeed.com, the website. Sign up for the newsletter at buzzfeed.com slash see something, say something slash newsletter. Email us at something at buzzfeed.com or check out our videos on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at see something. If you like the show, please rate it on iTunes. I'm Amadella Yuckberg. Thank you.